name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Thank God. What a blessing uh, for you all to be here today. And on this, the uh, fifth Sunday of Pascha, and the big word that I want to uh, use for today is thirst. Thirst is uh, almost perhaps the most um, uh, primal survival instinct that we have. Right? I think you, that I'm not a doctor, but I, I believe that you can go a whole lot longer with, without eating than you can go without drinking. We really need to drink more and more frequently. And so thirst is this really primal survival instinct that we have. And we see it played out this morning in the Gospel reading because we have a Fotini, the Samaritan woman, whose icon, of course, is over here in the nave in the middle section there. Fotini comes to the well at about the sixth hour, which means at about noon. She was thirsty. Noon, the hottest part of the day, and uh, there are some uh, commentators who say that perhaps uh, because of her questionable moral background that Christ kind of draws out as he uh, uh, speaks to her uh, there at the well, that she didn't come at a time when other people would be there because she was ashamed. And so she comes at noon, she comes um, when she perhaps couldn't wait any longer, she was thirsty. She needed a drink, and Christ himself was thirsty and needed a drink. It said in the scripture that he was wearied by the journey as he sat there by the well. But besides being thirsty for physical drink, for thirst, Fotini, the Samaritan woman, also, I believe, was thirsty for God. She was thirsty for something greater, something herself, because uh, regardless of her background, she was able to perceive and pick up on who Jesus Christ is by the conversation that they were having. And just as an aside, this is the longest conversation between Christ and just one other person uh, in the entirety of the scriptures, and so it's a great thing to be able to have this as a, as a witness. And so um, the Samaritan woman, she was someone who must have been faithful because she was able to recognize and perceive the things uh, that Jesus was saying as something that were, were greater than what she realized at first. She has this kind of progression in her thirst for God, where um, at first she realizes that Jesus is a Jew. And then she says, well, maybe you're greater. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? And then after Jesus' words to her, she says, well, I perceive that you're a prophet. And so moving up the line there. And then she says that we know that the Messiah is coming, the Christ, and he'll tell us all things. And Christ, in an unbelievable way, says, I am he. And not only does she and all of the people in that area recognize that, Christ, that Jesus is the Christ from that moment, at the very end of the scripture, we have them all saying that, Jesus is the Savior of the world. And so in their thirst for God, their thirst and their desire to know God, they had this progression of understanding of who Jesus really is, this man who was there in front of them, because they were thirsting for God. And the scripture tells us over and over again that we are to desire God, and it uses that thirst as the um, Example in front of us in the Psalms, it says over and over, My soul thirsts for the Lord. 
says, my soul thirsts for thee like a waterless land. That's some deep, deep thirst. Christ himself says, and we heard it even in the gospel earlier this week, uh, and in the hymns that we sang today, even as we continue to celebrate mid-Pentecost, that uh, whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, it says in the Beatitudes. And at the very end of the scripture in the book of Revelation, both in chapters 21 and in chapter 22, it says, all who are thirsty will drink of the waters of life freely. All who are thirsty. And so really our call is, like Fotini, like the people who were there ready to, uh, to hear the words of God and to see his revelation before them, our goal is to be thirsty. To be thirsty for God. And what does that really look like? to the cross. In the second to last thing that Jesus says, he says, I thirst. Now, of course, he physically was thirsty at that moment. One thing that perhaps we don't think about very often is that Christ had been on the cross for a long time, hours. Crucifixion is something that takes a very, very long time sometimes even days, and that's why they had to break the legs of the thieves who were there on the cross next to Christ. But just before Christ says, it is finished, he says, I thirst. And because of all these things that we see in the scripture and the analogy that we are given, that we are to desire and thirst for God, I think this is a very powerful place for us to look and see what it really means for us to truly thirst for God. Because Christ fulfilled his thirst for God in two very important ways, which model after the two great commandments. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Because Christ went to the cross, and he thirsted for God so much that he thirsted and desired to do the will of God the Father over and above anything else, even though he anxious. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane where he actually sweats great drops of blood. He had to be ministered and strengthened by angels as he was preparing for the crucifixion. That we have this understanding of Christ that he thirsted for God so much to do the will of God. It didn't matter the suffering. It didn't matter that he would lose his life. And the same is true for us. That we need to thirst for God in such a way that we would rather lose our own life than move away from, from God, move away from our relationship with God. And there is nothing then that can stop us from thirsting for God. And we show our thirst for God by following His commandments because thirsting for God is really loving Him. And Christ says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. And so we show that we thirst for God by reading the scriptures, by praying, by following the commandments that are laid out for us. Nothing can stop us from thirsting for God and doing what is right and righteous in every single moment. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Christ shows us that by going to the cross and saying those words, I thirst. But of course, besides just his love and thirst for God, 
Christ also showed that the crucifixion and his thirst was uh, driven out of a love for his neighbor. That second great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Because as Christ was there on the cross, he looks at the people crucifying him and says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And he goes to the cross not just to save one, not just to save his closest friends, but to save all of mankind. He, no greater love has a man, Christ says, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And so this thirsting for God that Christ reveals to us is also must be poured out by a love for our neighbor, caring about those who are around us. And so every single thing that we do is meant to be a love for our neighbor. And nothing can stop us from doing that. It doesn't matter what situation that we're going through, this pandemic, or even in our normal, regular life, nothing should stop us from thirsting for God over and above everything else. Thirsting and desiring to do His will, thirsting and desiring to follow His commandments, and thirsting and desiring to show how much we love God by showing how much we love our neighbor. That's what it's all about. And nothing, nothing, nothing can keep us from doing that. We might be kept from walking into the doors of this room as much as we would like, but nothing can keep us from thirsting for God and showing that desire for God each and every day of our life. And so, Votini thirsted, and she went to the well and met Christ. May we thirst for God. May we follow His commandments. May we love our neighbor. And when we thirst the way that Christ thirsted on the cross, then we will not only partake of the water of life here, but we'll partake of the water of life where it truly matters most, in the kingdom of heaven. Because as I mentioned already, all who thirst will partake of the waters of life freely. May we thirst for God. That primal instinct is the only way we can survive no matter what it is that we're facing, is thirsting for God. May we have that thirst, and may we partake of the waters of life freely in the kingdom which is to come. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.